Okay, good morning, everyone. Wonderful to see all your faces again this morning, to start a new week with the Lord's Word. And it's about David, King David. And there are many stories that we read in the scriptures about King David. And I suppose the most popular one is his uh, skirmish with the giant, um, Goliath, and his victory over that. It was a, a wonderful success story. And I, and I love that one as well. But unfortunately, today, we don't have a success story that we're looking at. It's a story of failure. We see David at his worst, leading the nation on a, on a downward spiral into sin. David was settled in his palace, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies, it says. And the Lord's prophet Nathan reminds David that the Lord had taken him from being a shepherd boy and appointed him ruler over his people Israel. The Lord promises to make David's name great, like the names of the greatest men on earth. I used to work in London with trading standards, and my office was in Hendon, and that was very near a, a big Jewish area. And there was a hotel there called King David Hotel. And in Jerusalem today, one of the most palatial hotels there is the Hotel King David. So David's name is great. But the Lord also said that he would provide a place for his people, Israel, a homeland of their own. And he did, and they are still there today, although they haven't been there all the time, but they're there today, the nation of Israel. The Lord said he would establish a house for David. When your days are over, he said, and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood. And we know that was Solomon. And I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name. Remember, David wanted to build the house for the Lord. But the Lord said no, because he was a man of blood, blood, a man of war. But he said that Solomon would, would build this house for the Lord. And Mark reminded us on Friday that this is a prophecy pointing to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Messiah. And that was wonderful. But today, David falls into sin. David sent his commander Joab out with the king's men. That's David's mighty men, they're sometimes called mercenaries. They're actually named in chapter 23 of 2 Samuel. And the whole Israel, Israelite army, he laid them out, sent them out to lay siege to the city of Rabbah. But David remained in Jerusalem. I wonder why. This was a time when kings usually led their soldiers into battle. And that was what David normally did. He was a warrior king. Then one evening, David got up from his bed and walked around on the roof of the palace where he saw a very beautiful woman. Not just a beautiful woman, but a very beautiful woman. She was bathing, 
presumably in a courtyard near the palace. David finds himself at a crossroads, a moral crossroads. You know, he knew God's law. He had to decide, do I obey God's law or do I disobey God's law? So David sent someone to find out who the woman was. Why? Unless he intended to seduce her. He was told her name was Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam. And he was one of David's mighty men who constantly endangered their lives for David. And she was the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. So she was married, but she, her husband was also another of David's mighty warriors. She was also the granddaughter of Ahithophel, David's most trusted counselor. We read in the scriptures that in those days, the advice of Ahithophel was like that of one who inquires of God. That was how both David and Absalom regarded all of Ahithophel's advice. He was a good advisor, and this was his granddaughter. David's at another crossroads. Does he obey God's law, or does he disobey? Then David sent messengers to get her. I wonder why, but I can imagine. She came to him, and he slept with her. Then she went back home and conceived and sent word to David, I am pregnant. And those three words are the only words recorded of Bathsheba in this, this whole affair. David's at another crossroads. Does he obey God's law or does he disobey? Does he try to cover this up? So David devised a plan to have Uriah killed in battle and instructed his commander Joab to make it happen. When Bathsheba heard that her husband was dead, she mourned for him. Then David had her brought to his house, and she became his wife and bore him a son. But that's not the end of the story, of course, because then we come to chapter 12. The Lord sends the prophet Nathan to confront David. Why did you despise the word of the Lord by doing what is evil in his eyes? Nathan said. You struck down Uriah the Hittite with the sword and took his wife to be your own. You killed him with the sword of the Ammonites. Now, therefore, the sword will never depart from your house because you despised me and took the wife of Uriah the Hittite to be your own. These words anticipated the violent deaths of his sons, Amnon, Absalom, and Adonijah. This is what the Lord says, out of your own household, I'm going to bring calamity on you. Speaking perhaps of Amnon's rape of, of Tamar, David's daughter, Absalom's murder of Amnon, and Absalom's rebellion against David. The Lord said, before your very eyes, I will take your wives and give them to one who is close to you, his own son. And he will sleep with your wives in broad daylight. You did it in secret, but I will do this thing in broad daylight before all Israel. 
And this terrible prediction was fulfilled by Absalom during his rebellion. And that was following the advice of Bathsheba's grandfather, Ahithophel, David's counselor. Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Not just a sin against Uriah, not just a sin against Bathsheba. He realized that he had sinned against the Lord. But Nathan replied with these amazing words, the Lord has taken away your sin. You are not going to die, David, but because by doing this, you have shown utter contempt for the Lord, the son born to you will die. But David was forgiven by God. Then we read that David comforted his wife Bathsheba and he went to her and made love to her. She gave birth to a son and they named him Solomon. God is peace. Now the Lord loved Solomon and sent word through Nathan the prophet and he named him, renamed him, Jedidiah, which means beloved of the Lord. This is an amazing example of God's love and mercy to David, in spite of adultery and murder of a man who risked his life for David every day as one of his mighty men. Although David was Israel's greatest king, an ancestor of the long-promised Messiah, and although he was a man after God's own heart, he was also a human being with human weaknesses and would always only be a sinner saved by grace through faith, faith, just as we are. So how does this apply to us today? Well, the New Testament tells us in James chapter one, that like David, each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desires and enticed. We're very quick to blame temptation on the devil, aren't we? But, but James says, no, this is our own evil desires coming from our old nature. Then after desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth to death. The Apostle Paul then explains in Romans chapter 7, the struggle all Christians have with our old sinful nature. His explanation is a bit of a tongue twister, as you know. Uh, so I'm shortening it. <laughs> Verse 15, I do not understand what I do, but what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. What a wretched man I am, Paul said. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. If we want our new nature to be strong, we must feed it. How do we feed our new nature? Bible reading, prayer, Christian fellowship, and Christian service. This strengthens our new nature. And if we want our old nature to be weak, we must starve it. 
what what is our old nature our old nature is is fed by books and television programs and the internet which are all full of sex and violence and lies and theft we all realize this so we have to starve our old nature by making sure we don't read the wrong things or watch the wrong things but in every turning there's a crossroads which allows us to choose what nature we feed as an example let's look at what happened to david when david watched bathsheba bathing from his rooftop presumably naked he was feeding his old nature he shouldn't have watched her when david sent someone to find out who she was he was feeding his old nature he had already decided that he would seduce her when he was told she was married he was feeding his own nature when he didn't stop he carried on when he was told who her husband was one of his own mighty men he was feeding his old nature by carrying on when he sent someone to bring her to him he was feeding his old nature and when he ordered joab to have uriah killed he was feeding his old nature we either feed our new nature or our old nature every day every moment of every day and we need to be so careful when uh, david made a lot of wrong choices and suffered terrible consequences in his life and the life of his family we must ensure we make right choices every time we come to a moral crossroad we must remember jesus said anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart matthew chapter 5 verse 27 now adultery and murder hopefully are not sins that that we want to cope with uh, or be tempted by but they're not the only ones are they there's dishonesty there's pride integrity or lack of integrity all of these things can bring us to fall when uh, David had done all of this and come through this he wrote a psalm psalm 51 and I just read a little bit of bit of it to conclude psalm 51 have mercy on me O God according to your unfailing love according to your great compassion blot out my transgressions wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin for I know my transgressions and my sin are always before me against you you only have I sinned David says to God and done what is evil in your sight so you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean wash me and I'll be whiter than snow Create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. 
David came face to face with his own weakness and his own sin. And the Lord forgave him and he repented. And that's the pathway that we have to walk if we do fail. But let us pray that we won't and that the Lord's spirit will strengthen our hearts and our resolves to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, not in the footsteps of David.